Chance Time. Welcome to Chance Time. Hello, everyone. This is a podcast. It is a podcast about video games. It it bears some similarities to other podcasts about video games, but this is the only podcast about video games with Ryan Speakman. Hello, Ryan. Hello. That is true. <laughs> you did not lie. I did not lie. Okay, good. I was actually worried as I was saying that. I was like, what if he's on other podcasts? I don't actually know. We haven't talked about that. But good. Good to know. <laughs> I mean... Exclusively with Chance Time. Have I been on other podcasts? Yes. Have I started other ones? Yes. Have I talked exclusively about video games on them? No. No. Only on Chance Time do you get to hear Ryan speak exclusively about video games. Although, not exclusively, we talk about a lot of other stuff as well. That's true. Uh, Which reminds me of an idea I had I wanted to run by you. Oh, yeah? Today I was imagining this mythical food that uh okay. it's pretty much just like an apple but it is flavorless uh, also known as the flavor of water and okay. when you bite into it it melts in your mouth so you don't have to chew it <laughs> okay <laughs> so a watermelon <laughs> no no no, no. Uh, while i do agree that the watermelon mer- is a very overrated fruit and is put it is kind of flavorless less chewing it's it basically like instantly melts in your mouth similar to like chocolate okay but you're just left with water in your mouth so So you just want like a water balloon fruit (laughs) except it it's kind of more like ice but with the consistency of an apple okay and is this a is this good? Do you want this? Or are yeah. you just thinking about it? I was drinking water today and I was like, <laughs> I wish I could bite into this. <laughs> yeah, I, I too am frequently like, stupid water, let me bite you. Yeah. <laughs> but like an ice cube is too hard. Yeah. And a pebble, even the pebble ice is too hard, which I'm also of the opinion, pebble ice, not for me. Getting hot takes right out of the gate here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, if someone in our audience could work on that and let us know at chastimepodcast at gmail.com, we'd love to hear (laughs) your progress on on the mythical water apple. Is that what we call it? What should we call it? I think water apple is pretty good. (laughs) But... Maybe maybe the ice apple. Oh, ice apple. That sounds like something that Elsa has to find in Frozen 3. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Disney. Yeah. Right here, Chance Time Podcast. You heard it first. Frozen 3. Frozen 3. Creating the ice apple. <laughs> <laughs> they listen to an episode of a podcast where someone talks about it. And Elsa works tirelessly to uh, create it. To perfect it, just yeah. for you. <laughs> Can't wait to be in Frozen 3. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'll write the spec script. <laughs> Thank you. Well, great. Great episode. <laughs> <laughs>
Just kidding. We will talk about video games as well. Uh, should we just jump right in with well, fun things? or No, again, we should not. Okay. I want to say... <laughs> this is what happens when Curtis can't make it. Yeah, come on, Curtis! <laughs> Curtis, wants, Curtis has a busy life right now. Yeah, Curtis wondering. is like... He's a real adult. He's really doing it. I mean, he's got a lot of house stuff going on, but I might as well just read the text he just sent us. <laughs> uh... I'm going to replace his wife's name with my wife. My wife went to play Bunko and isn't home yet. Not sure if I'm going to make it. So living uh, it, living it adult style. Yeah. The wife going to play Bunko making that's making that sweet dough <laughs> at Bunko. <laughs> Do you think she's playing for money? Is this like cutthroat Bunko? I, as far as I understand, like, there are stakes in Bunko. Wow. If there's, if they're not betting money, there's at least prizes that, that can be won. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Curtis well, did say he might hop on. So. Yeah. So we could get a Curtis landing at any moment. Yeah. We're we'll, all on our, we're. We'll know if, uh, his wife is, uh betting a little more than she should. Yeah. If Curtis comes on and says, we have to move out of the house. <laughs> Bunko. Bunko hit hard tonight. <laughs> or he's going to, you're going to hear puffs of a, uh, a cigar because they won big. They won big. <laughs> and she came up with cigars to celebrate. <laughs> and Curtis will then let us know that he has never smoked until this moment. Because of that's what, that's what happens when you get rich. You start smoking. Uh, maybe maybe instead of uh, the uh, puffs of the cigar, you'll hear the crunchy bite into an ice apple that they... It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Ryan. Good idea, you had. Uh, all right, let's do wow. one thing. <laughs> Bunko Night is big. The potential of Bunko Night is huge. All right. Uh, let's welcome to our first segment. Mike Struckerberg, president of video game. One thing. First things first. Um, this is where we talk about one thing that's uh, just happening in our, our gaming life recently that we feel the world should know about. Uh, Ryan, are you, are you ready to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. All right. Jump on in there. So, I'm going to save my Pokemon thoughts for another week. Because I don't I don't feel like I have uh, enough to say at the moment. But, I do want to say that uh, in the place that I moved into a few months ago, room is a bit smaller than my old room. But in this room, the way I have it set up, there's a little bit more open space um, in a larger, like a, a larger area of open space, even though there was probably more open space in my other room. Um, and so just out of curiosity, I set up the old Oculus Rift once again to see if it would... Uh, fit in this space that I have allocated to myself and it's a tight it's a tight fit 
but mm. it fits. And so I've been uh, jumping back on the VR train recently this week, and I've been having a great time. And I know that everybody's heard. I feel like it's the same story when people first get a VR headset or they're like, super hot is my life now and Beat Saber is my light now, life now, um, which is, is true. And I, I have been, I, I tried out Beat Saber in the spot since that's one where I am moving my arms around a lot. And I used to be, uh, delving into a bunch of expert plus songs and had a bunch of things down. And I've found that I've lost my skills and so that's kind of inspired me to uh, start playing again. And it's great aerobic exercise. So when I am like, I need, I haven't exercised yet. I'll hop into Beat Saber and it it gets my heart rate up. Um, oh, sure. So I've been jumping into that today or not today. I did play today, but this week. Um, and I will say that while I was playing today, I uh, was doing a crazy level where you are doing a lot of crisscrossing between notes uh, with your with your sabers. Um, and I'm sure everybody knows this, but if you don't know, Beat Saber is a rhythm game where you got some lightsabers and blocks come at you and you got to slice the blocks. Um, but it was a really fast song. And I was like slicing really fast, trying to hit all the notes. And I did slam one of the controllers into my thumb, which uh, really, really hurt. And it severed the cuticle on my fingernail. So now it is uh, the bottom of my fingernail is lined with blood oozing out of the bottom of that space. And... I have a feeling that there's going to be a nasty bruise on my thumb tomorrow from that. So I thought I would share that with you, Paul. <laughs> um, but that's, that's the price for beats. That's, that is so true. I've never, Hashtag beat life. never heard anything. Yeah. I, <laughs> I guess it goes with beat star that all the rhythm games have to have beat in front of it now. Um, yeah. But one of the other reasons I set it up was I had Tetris Effect on the Epic Game Store. And I know that they put out that up or they put out Tetris Effect Connected. <laughs> and so I saw it on sale on Steam. And I was like, I remember this game looks really cool. And so I was like, oh, I'll buy it on on Steam and get the the connected version. Little did I know that the connected was a free update. Um, and so now I own Tetris Effect connected on Epic Game Store and Steam, which is a a foolish thing on my part. But luckily for me, that I do enjoy getting the achievements, and so I replayed through the uh, journey mode. And man, Tetris Effect is one of the great VR experiences where I feel like it's one of those things where it's 
like it really shows you you can just play a game with a controller sitting down in VR and just have a million things going on around you with cool music and it just like there's no other way to play Tetris there is but that's definitely one of the best ways out there um and so by itself it is a really cool game um and I am itching to try the uh the multiplayer mode with with some people but yeah the uh the VR experience um I like one of my favorite ones is you uh while you're playing Tetris you uh get transported to an ocean and so you're just you just see a Tetris screen in front of you but then there's like seagulls flying around you and every time you clear a line dolphins jump out of the ocean oh man that's awesome it's it's so cool um and so yeah and i i do still have the the Oculus Rift S i believe so it's still wired into my my PC and i figured most people i know are getting the Quest 2 right now and so if i ever do upgrade to a new VR set i might wait uh a generation or two just cuz the wired still works pretty good and you mm-hmm. don't really notice the wire as much, even though without the wire, it is way better, but I don't know. I'm, I feel like since I already have access to VR, I might as well wait until they either do something cool or the technology jumps an extra step than where it's at. But, yeah, I just wanted to talk about how VR is great, and I know everyone knows that. And but yeah, it's it's very fun stuff. It, it is interesting to me. We've been talking about Beat Saber and Super Hot for like five years now. Yeah, like, and there hasn't nothing has topped those two VR games. Like, there's been other ones that people have talked about, but it's interesting. Like. Those came out, I feel like, really early in the VR cycle. Yeah. Or the latest VR cycle. And really, nothing has has toppled them. Honestly, though, if Beat Saber was sold by itself, like, if the only game on VR was Beat Saber, mm-hmm. it would still be worth the 300 bucks to me. <laughs> like, I... It is that good of a game. Super Hot yeah. is one where, like, it is an amazing experience, but that is one that like you do get tired of after a while. Yeah, well, and I was gonna say Beat Saber seems far and away like the VR game, like way more than Super Hot. I agree with you. Yeah, but I would put Tetris Effect up there in my okay. my pantheon. I would also put one that I've only played at other people's houses because it's a PlayStation VR exclusive. But Until Dawn Rush of Blood is hands down the scariest Mm, VR experience I've had. Not the scariest, but like one of the best horror Mm, experiences. And it's, it's a genre that I am surprised they haven't done more often in VR, but it's a, a rail shooter. 
Right. And so it makes so much sense where you can just sit down and look around in a world, but I don't know. That that one is another great great VR experience that I and then Robo Recall is my last one, I would say. That mm-hmm. made by Epic Games. But that one is one of the most immersive like arcade shooter VR games that I've played. Yeah. When am I going to get Pokemon Snap VR? That's my question. It's a great idea. Like, I don't even care if it's officially Pokemon Snap. I just want someone to basically make Pokemon Snap VR. Because Nintendo's not going to do it. That's just a laugh. So someone else, go ahead and do it. Make, I don't know, wildlife photo VR or, or Monstermon VR. You know, yeah. Just go for it. It'd be great. I yeah, I think that is a great idea, and it would be even more amazing if it was Pokemon. But yeah, I agree. You're you're 100 right. Hey, they let they let the crypt of the Necro Dancer people have Zelda. Maybe they'll they'll let someone else have Pokemon just for VR. Yeah. <laughs> Exclusively on cardboard VR. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the best. Woo! Um, I was also going to say... What was I going to say? Oh, no, no, it's gone. Something about VR. Oh, yeah. I am surprised, like, with Beat Saber being so successful. I'm surprised Disney hasn't done anything with them to, like... I don't know, Star Wars levels and just like lean into it being lightsaber. Like in a past Disney would never do that. But I feel like, especially with the Marvel properties, they're so willing to collaborate with people now that, you know, why not? Why not like just take this game that's already crazy popular and use it to market your stuff? I think it's still possible. And yeah, that's true. I do know that Disney works pretty slow. Like I just mm. saw a news story today for a Disney Minecraft collaboration. Yeah, that's that's pretty slow. And so if they get the idea, I wouldn't even consider seeing it for like another couple of years after the idea has been formed. All right. Uh, I mean, it it could be coming up soon then. Yeah. But I guess they also, they don't have Star Wars stuff to promote right now. I guess that's also part of it. Uh, That is not true. They have a a thousand Star Wars things. You're right. You're right. But it's all Disney Plus stuff. (laughs) That's true. But that's still pretty popular. Yeah. Baby Yoda is a huge thing at Disneyland right now. That's true. Maybe they'll do it for the Obi-Wan series. When does that premiere? I think that's next year. Yeah, maybe it'll be like watch Obi-Wan on Disney Plus and be Obi-Wan in Beat Saber. Yeah. And you can play the Imperial March. (laughs) (laughs) Obi-Wan's theme, the Imperial March. (laughs) It'll be great. Yeah. John Williams himself will be there cheering you on 
as you play Beat Saber Star Wars. John Williams Booth. (laughs) (laughs) And Mike Struckerberg. (laughs) (laughs) Is it is it like not a good joke? I honestly don't know to say that there's an assassination attempt on Mike Struckerberg by John Williams Booth. I don't know. I have no idea if anyone would find that offensive. It's like so far from reality, it's hard to tell. It's it's probably too soon. Probably too soon. <laughs> we deeply apologize to anyone who is offended. <laughs> All right, well. So what, that's the end of your thing. Once again, Curtis, we need you to keep us in check. We need a real adult in the room, Curtis. <laughs> uh, is it my turn, then? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, my one thing. One of the better, like, more pleasant surprises in a while. Rocket League Sideswipe. Okay, before you go on, I did download it. <laughs> and I... Played the tutorial and that's it. I have not played a full okay. game or anything, so I'm excited to hear oh, what you have to say. I've played a bunch. I'm like level 18 or whatever. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, I love it. Like it, it feels like Rocket League. It makes you feel like you're actually playing Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> the most. That's the most meta video game commentary I've ever heard. <laughs> Our audience will get it. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, so it's just 2D. Like, I mean, it's like 3D models, but it's you play on a 2D plane. Like, there's no going left or right. You just go forward, back, and up and down. Um, but it it totally distills the like the skill of Rocket League to the mobile format in a way that actually works with touch controls. Like I'm actually super impressed. Like I've been playing it a ton just cause I'm like this, this feels like I'm playing rocket league, but it's only two minute matches and it's really easy to just get into while you're waiting for other stuff or, you know, uh, but yeah, so it has like, so the, there's not boost pads. There's just, you gain boost while you're on the ground. Um, but there's totally like aerials and, and flips and you know all the like skill shot kind of stuff that's in the the original Rocket League. Like it, it, it feels like they distilled all of it in a really smart way, and it, it feels great to play. Um, sometimes the car kind of blends in with the background and is too small compared to like the UI objects. So sometimes I, I kind of lose where my actual car is. So I miss the ball, but that'll probably improve with time. Just like getting more used to it. Yeah. But yeah, it, it feels super great to play. And I haven't had any like uh, online issues, which is good. Like, you know, coming right out of the gate, they haven't like overflowed servers or, you know, I'm not getting like disconnects and stuff. Uh, it it does connect to your Epic Games account, but it doesn't seem to pull in anything for you if you do that. Like I was expecting to have like some cosmetics, 
like carry over from the base game, but I didn't notice anything that actually did carry over. Uh, another interesting thing is, at least right now, this might change tomorrow, because I think tomorrow season one actually starts. Okay. But since it came out, which was when? Like, I don't know. Was it just yesterday? Yeah. Two days ago? I think it was one or two days ago. Yeah. Um, but I, from what I can find, there has been no way to spend money on it, even if you want to. I'm, you know, guarantee that will change. Oh, yeah. But really interesting that at launch, it wasn't just like immediately take, you know, give us your money. There was actually no way to buy anything that I could find. Maybe I just can't find it. But um, yeah, it's been super, super fun. I'm actually falling behind in my in my BeatStar. You know, I like don't have things to unlock because I've been playing Rocket League. Wow. Yeah. Okay, but don't give so, up on BeatStar, Paul. Oh, I'm I, not giving up. Don't you worry. I check your progress here and there, <laughs> and you just all you need to do is spend that $100 to get the rest of the songs, and you'll be in the top 200. Gotta, yeah. Just gotta, you know, just gotta buy my way into the top. Yeah. Or wait. You'll get there. Or yeah, just keep keep diligently plugging away if you if you play for the next year i'll see you there yeah <laughs> um actually about beatstar um yes i'm just opening it right now and just noticed that i got another message um i bought they had a Black Friday bundle in BeatStar. Okay. And they've never done this before. It was five wishlist songs. Wow. Which normally, you know, wishlist songs are super rare. And you can't just buy straight from your wishlist. So I went for it because, you know, it's Black Friday. And because I was like, man, this would be awesome to just instantly have my five, you know, five of the songs I actually want. So I, I made the purchase, 10 whole dollars, and it only gave me three songs. Ooh. It, it was like straight up bugged. And so I sent uh, a message to support in-game, and they were just like, we're going to have our developers look at this. And I was like, okay, great. And I just noticed, opening the game right now, that someone else, someone responded to me. Amy from BeatStar Support says, let me know what two other songs you'd like. So I guess they'll fix it. Wow. And I guess that means I can actually just pick the exact songs I want. So that's cool. Yeah, Thanks, that's Beatstar. awesome. I also did check just now to see if you beat my high score for Sweet Home Alabama, which I beat at one point, and you did. <laughs> oh, good. I don't even remember doing that, but I know you're that good that a peon like me, you've just assumed that you're above. <laughs> I still only have gold on Sweet Hub Alabama, though. That pretty is a far hard away. One. From, yeah, pretty far away from Diamond. I will tell you that I don't think I'll. My goal is to get one Diamond, and I don't think I'm going to achieve that. Oh, no, you, you'll get there. All right. 
the second the second you crack the first one, it's like oh, and like the the second I got one, I got like five. Okay, like, I don't know. You just kind of like finally lock into it, and you're like, here we go. I'm always in the uh, the like sixteen to thirty range of perfects versus perfect plus. Mm, yeah, and I feel like it's it looks like it's about ten. That get you, yeah, to the, uh, normal songs, yeah, yeah normal songs about ten. But oh, but I should say the three the three wishlist songs I did get, uh-huh. I do have diamond on all three of them now, so they were good ones to pick. Wow, they were pretty easy to get diamond on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess we'll just we'll just keep keep going on a beat star. Still in the still in the top one percent. I know. I that, that's my fear that I'll drop to like two percent somehow. I'll be like, no, I've been trying so hard. <laughs> I'll let you know that you will not, because <laughs> as someone who's very far behind you, I am in the top four percent. Oh, okay. So that I, was good to know. I and I've gone from like eight percent to four percent within the last like month. Maybe not oh, that okay. long, but. When whenever right. you went to one percent, I think I went to eight percent. Okay. And so I think whatever happened that day, you're you're there to stay in the one percent pool. Right. Well. That's all I've ever wanted was to be a one percenter. <laughs> I'm jealous. Now I gotta decide what two songs I want. I assume it's just one of the two of the ones in your wish list. Yeah, but I have seven in my wish list right now. And some of them are only in there because I think they'll be easy to get diamond on. (laughs) Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Get those out of the way. Get those those free diamonds. Yeah, so anyway, Rocket League Sideswipe is great. That's my one thing. We still ended up talking about BeatStar. We've been talking about BeatStar for weeks. <laughs> it's just but, impressive. Uh, I'm impressed that you are a nationally renowned player. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. National renown. But, I mean, if you choose to become the best at Rocket League Sideswipe, that's, mm. that's good, too. Oh, well, thank you. Uh... You can play online. Like the main mode is online on that, right? On um, sideswipe, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The like main just play from the home screen is online, yeah. And have you been playing with friends or have you just been playing with random people? I've just been playing with random people. All right. And is it three v three or is there different modes like in Rocket League or So there's three modes. There's 1v1 soccer, 2v2 soccer, and 2v2 hoops. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the hoops is really fun, actually. Yeah. Like, I I actually might prefer hoops in the mobile version. Hoops is, like, crazy frustrating in, in the console PC version of Rocket League, but in I... mobile, it almost works better than the soccer <laughs> i'm gonna disagree with you right there i love hoops in the console version oh i i still like it but it's like 
way more frustrating and way more of an adjustment on the console version All right. from soccer to hoops than it is in the mobile version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we're going to have to set up a, a time to uh, yeah. to team up and I will ruin your rank. <laughs> I did make it to to silver one. Pretty good. And in this game, it's not placements. It's just like grind through from the bottom. Okay. So that, that's how much I played. I'm silver one in, in 2v2, basic. Wow. Well, congrats. It does feel good. Like, the, I, I'm surprised how well they integrated the, like, mechanics with the touchscreen. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to know more, like, about the development history of that like what else did they try how long did it take them to like settle on on like these are the mechanics we'll port and these are the ones we won't like i wonder if they tried to do like full 3d at first and how long it took them to be like it's just better in 2d because that seems like a huge decision yeah but it works it totally works do you want to explain it for the the listener how it works yeah, so it's it's purely um, on a 2D plane, basically. So the ball is just going back and forth. Cars do not collide in this one. If cars... Uh, that's another decision that I wonder how long it took them to get to. Because if cars hit each other in this game, it would be pure chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your cars can't collide. And the in the soccer, the goals are not at the floor level they're like midway up the wall so you have to get the ball in the air to get it in the goal um so kind of unlike rocket league where you kind of start on the ground and learn aerials this is like pure aerials from the beginning like it's just all about can you control your car flying and you just have two controls you have the left side of the screen is a thumbstick like a virtual thumbstick wherever you put your thumb and then you have two buttons on the right side of the screen, your boost button and your jump button. And you you gain boost anytime you're on the ground. So you spend boost. There's like a little circle that goes down as you spend the boost. And then it just fills up automatically like at a certain pace when you're back on the ground. And so, yeah, other than that, it's just it's just trying to you know, get the get the ball in the goal or in the hoop if you're playing hoops. And lots of like I've been really impressed how good some people are already. <laughs> like oh, man. how much control they seem to have. Um but you know, with some practice you kind of start to get it and you have like good games and bad games where you're like, man, I can I have total control and you know, but it feels the the best part about it is it feels very skill based. Like it's it feels like you could get better at it and you could figure it out, just like Rocket League. Like the big revelation for me of console Rocket League was like not not only is the skill based, like a lot of games are skill based, but it, it feels like from the very beginning, if I just put in the practice, I could get this. Like it's not hard to understand. It's just you gotta get that finesse and that touchdown. Um, yeah, if it, it feels the same way on mobile, like if I just put in the time, I could get really good at this, and that's what's so compelling. And and they brought it 
to the mobile version as much as it's in the console version. So it's, it's just really impressive because it could have easily been so, so bad. Yeah, um, for sure. And they they made it work. Good good for you guys, Psionics. Great job. Uh, another thing that I wanted to mention is I like the decision they made to put the arrow wherever your car is facing and they have oh, the two, yeah. two arrows. Mm-hmm. One is it is the first one where your joystick is pointing and the second one kind of like where the car is going to go if you jump or use the boost. Yeah, yeah. So the first one is like yeah, just where your car will move if you just move forward and the second one is if you boost or jump, you're going to go this direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it also shows you um, your teammate's arrow on the kickoff. So you can kind of guess where the ball uh, might go. That's awesome. Based off, yeah, where they're pointing, which is really helpful. It doesn't show it to you the rest of the game, but at, like, at kickoff, before they hit the ball, you can see where they're pointing. Yeah. So yeah, I would. I haven't like looked it up yet, but I would love to see people who get like really good at it like it might actually be entertaining to watch some like pro matches of mobile rocket league which is not a thing i've thought about i think any other mobile game <laughs> ever that is hilarious because <laughs> yeah some people might be really really good at it um so yeah awesome uh just one real quick thing i just took a drink of water and again i was like I want this in Apple form. Make it happen. Elsa or whoever else needs to make it happen. Yeah, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Come on. Jack Frost. Uh, (laughs) Mr. White Christmas. Is that also Jack Frost? (laughs) (laughs) I know they call him that in the song. Yes. Uh, come on, Killer Frost. Uh, <laughs> come on. Uh, uh, Zone. Yeah, Brozone. I was like, <laughs> really the same thing. I was like, what's the guy's name in Incredible? <laughs> I I was thinking about saying Ice Pokemon, but then I was like, we'll say this forever. We'll we'll be here forever. <laughs> point is there's a lot of people who can make this happen i can't believe none of them have (laughs) sub-zero all right i'm ready all right is it time is it (laughs) topic of the show yeah let's do it topic of the show okay so (laughs) topic of the show this week is uh we want to talk well i don't know how to summarize it very well but basically it's the holidays coming up, and I wanted to talk about how do the ho- how do the holidays affect what games you play and how much games you play, and then kind of as an extension, just like what are your regular gaming routines? Because um, I don't think we've talked about that before. So I guess my first question is. On a typical day, like it's just a normal weekday, you have a normal work schedule, nothing is strange. 
when are you when are you playing games? Is it at night? Is it super late at night? Is it like the second you get home from work? Is it at lunch? When when do you normally fit games into your schedule? Currently, it's not ritualized for me. Okay. I but and it depends on the the type of day it is. Um, usually at lunchtime, I have an hour lunch break. I will eat and maybe like watch a show for half of it. And then I'll, I'll probably play like 20 minutes on my switch, which sometimes feels like nothing for, but I've only played for like five minutes during lunch the past couple days, which has really only equated to two Pokemon battles each day. Uh-huh. And so I... Do you work in an office right now, or do you work from home? I actually don't even know this. I do work in an office. We okay. we did work from home for a bit, but I also feel like they made us go back into the office a lot earlier than they should have. <laughs> sure. Um, and... So you're bringing your Switch to work? Yes. Okay. Which I am on edge about at all times because my last switch was stolen. And right. so I'm still trying to get over that hump of feeling like I can bring my switch anywhere. Like someone's after your switch at all times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's as far as like work time goes. Um, and it is really kind of not satisfying. Like if I'm playing Mario, during lunch, I can knock out like three or four levels in like 20 minutes. Right. But when I'm playing Pokemon, it's not as exciting because I'm only doing two battles. Well, that's in five minutes. I'm, I'm only like basically walking down one route. Right. And I feel like it's not too much. But that being said, uh, I feel like when I didn't have a girlfriend, I would at least play mm. like, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour to a day. And so uh-huh. I then I would kind of get bored and be like, all right, I got to do something else. And if there was a game I was particularly enjoying, I might play longer. But now having other things to do, um, a lot of days and my girlfriend does live 45 minutes away from me. So a lot of half the week I'm driving down or spending time with my girlfriend. If she drives down. Um, and so on the days that I'm at home, I find myself playing a little bit longer and fitting it in a little more just because I am playing less. Um, and then depending on the day, I'll play more than others and whatnot. And I'm assuming that as my life goes on, I will play less and less and maybe have more of a ritual like uh, I assume you do, Paul. Oh, yes. I definitely have a ritual. Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay, I was going to say, I guess I talk about that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so for me... Um, 
the the mobile games provide way more flexibility. That's probably why I've been talking so much about mobile games this year. Um, well, there's been great mobile games to play is one thing. But so like it's really easy at work, like between tasks, get in a BeatStar song or two. Um, so like I finish something and I have like five minutes before the next thing or I feel like I can take like a five minute break. I play like one or two songs of BeatStar. Or now I could do one or two rounds of, of Rocket League Sideswipe. Yeah. Um, and then I'm not a rich man, so my family only has one car. So a lot of times I am waiting for my wife to come pick me up from work. Um, and so sometimes when I'm like done with work and I've told maddie that it you know i'm ready to come home and i'm waiting for her to come get me then i'll fit in something on my laptop like that's when i'm playing things like mini motorways um or you know other like age of empires i can get in a game usually like a skirmish uh just a 1v1 versus a bot um so i can sometimes squeeze something in there but the the vast majority of my game time is is starts at 10 p.m. Uh, basically every night. Um, so we put kids to bed, uh, and then Maddie and I will usually just watch t- whatever TV show we're watching from bedtime. We usually get started like at 8:30 after kids are like actually asleep and in bed till 10, and then 10 till whenever I'm done is when I'm usually sitting at the TV playing stuff on my PlayStation. Um, And depending on what I'm playing and how into it I am, I could end anywhere between 11.30 and 1.30 at night. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, so like when I was going really hard on Tales of Arise, like I was going to bed at like 1 a.m. like almost every night. That was really bad. I That really messed with my brain (laughs) for a while. But it was just so good. And every night I was like, okay, I'm going to cut it off this time. And then I'd be like, oh, but I don't want to. <laughs> so I've had kind of like a recovery stage after Tales of Arise where I like, I was just going to bed at like 1030 every night and not playing <laughs> games. Um, and then as an additional ritual to that, um, on Thursday nights, I play something online with my brother, his brother-in-law, and like like a small group that we have that we've established where we used to play Overwatch every Thursday. We did that for like two years, I want to say. But now none of us are really into Overwatch anymore. So that's when I'm playing things like Splitgate or um, last week we tried the that PlayStation exclusive Among Us ripoff. What is it called? Oh, First Class Troubles, I think. I haven't um, even heard of that. Yeah, it's not good. I did not like it. I deleted it. <laughs> um, but like, that's what I'm playing something online, and we're like in party chat talking. Um, we do not do that like absolutely every Thursday, but we're pretty good at doing it most Thursdays. Um, and then sometimes, like when we were all really into Splitgate, everybody would be playing on Tuesday night, and we'd just party up and play it on Tuesday nights as well. Um, so yeah, um, and then 
on Saturdays, if it's like a slower Saturday where we don't have a bunch of stuff to do, I will usually play for a while like with kids in the room or actually like with kids also with holding controllers. Um, and, you know, so obviously that's usually going to be different content than what I'm playing when I'm just playing by myself. So like when I was playing Kina, which I need to get back to, I didn't finish, but Kina Bridge of Spirits. Um, I played that like with kids in the room and they were like loving it. You know, it's very like kid friendly animation style and stuff. And like Hot Wheels Unleashed was a hit with them. So that was fun to like play with them actually yeah. like split screen and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, but that's, and then like sometimes when I first get home from work, my son Ryan will hand me the Nintendo and ask for help on like a Sonic level or something. And so sometimes I'm spending some time doing that, which man, is it hard to just be like handed a boss level in a game that you have not played at all. <laughs> <laughs> like it's crazy how frustrating it is. It's like, I don't even know what all the buttons do. Like literally, I don't even know what all the buttons do. And I'm playing like the final boss of this <laughs> Sonic game. You know, thankfully it's Sonic and they're all like basically the same, but oh man. And for a while, my son would wake me up and hand me the Nintendo, like literally shake me awake in bed and be like, <laughs> I need your help. And that is quite a way to wake up, to like immediately be thrown into a difficult level of something. <laughs> <laughs> when he was doing that, though, it was games that I had played. It was like Mario Odyssey mm. or Dragon Quest XI. So, like, I, I did know what I was doing, but still, like, being handed a boss literally from asleep is, is quite, the, quite the way to wake up. That's so, yeah, that's... That it was a priority for you to do it, though. Yeah. Where you immediately <laughs> woke up and you're like, yeah, this is important. Right. This, I, I'm doing this. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You don't do... I didn't do it every time, I'll admit. Sometimes it's like, no, but... Um, yeah so I guess that's the basic routine and then I guess the follow up question for both of us now is how do like holidays or vacations change that are you playing more when you have time off or are you playing less because there's more like family stuff to do I am 100% playing more okay Um, I my family believes in a lot of downtime that that wasn't the case early on in my life but i think as my parents have gotten older there have been a lot less scheduled things during holidays and we kind of just like enjoy hanging out with each other so we'll do we'll do things here and there um and like we'll always watch like a movie at night or we'll go out and do something during the day but like when i'm with my family i'm there a full day like right. it's hard to like pack that in with so much stuff. And so I do hop on my switch a lot more. And sometimes if I'm into something else, I'll do something else. Like I'll maybe I'll do a puzzle, <clears throat> excuse me, a puzzle or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, if there's like a game I'm particularly into, I will do that. And for a lot of times, the times I've played the most 
is when there's a new Pokemon game out. Right. Because that one I can also do while people are doing other things. Right. If someone, if like I can hang out and talk to people while I'm playing Pokemon. And then there's also like Pokemon Sword was specifically fun to do because I was trying to catch, I was trying to complete the Pokedex and there were certain Pokemon I could only get in certain like times of day, certain weather patterns Mm -hmm. in the game. And so it was like, I ended up like writing down a list of like the last 20 I needed and then I could like check in and cross them off the list when weather patterns have changed. And right. I started closing in on it during my, my holiday time, but yeah, I, I have a feeling it's going to change this time around, uh, since Charlotte will be coming with me and Mm. I don't know if she, I mean, obviously we like spending a lot of time with each other, but I think even more so when we both aren't really working and enjoying Christmas stuff, like I'll probably play less. I do try to coax my family into playing with me a lot of times during the holidays. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty limited. I also, I used to play on my laptop more often but I don't anymore. Ever since I built a PC, I kind of haven't really used laptops as mm-hmm. much, but um, I do bring my old MacBook Pro from 2011 for Christmas specifically to boot up Jackbox since you gotta do it. I bought them all on Steam and I don't yeah. really want to rebuy them all on my Switch. But ex- more, usually that's the only thing I use it for I'm usually exclusively playing my Switch. And my family will play a few games of Mario Kart with me. I bought Wheel of Fortune. They'll always play that with me. Oh, nice. And uh, sometimes sometimes my sister will want to do Just Dance. So we'll do that as well. Um, and... Well, I'll, I'll bring this up after you, you let me know what your... Uh, vacation thing is okay uh yeah so for me if it's just like one holiday there's usually a full day of other stuff um so i'm not really playing more during the day but i'm often playing later the night before and probably later the night of the holiday um, but like when it's the holidays, like when it's Christmas, I usually, um, have days off that I haven't used the rest of the year. So almost, I think every year since I've been full time at my current job, I take the whole week between Christmas and new year's just off because I have to use my days off cause they don't roll over. Um, and so like when I have multiple days off and there's not a lot of other things planned then yeah i'm playing a lot more games it's basically every day off is saturday so if we're not doing something else i'm playing during the day saturday style where i'm playing something either with my kids or something that like my kids can 
can watch or engage with um, during the day. And then I'm probably also playing some at night uh, as well, something different. Um, I, I sometimes like when we're like at holiday gatherings with family, some stuff like sometimes we'll play something together like my brother-in-law like smash bros and so sometimes if the right group of people is around at a holiday and we have like a window we'll play some smash bros um but that's actually pretty rare for me to like actually play games with family especially during the holidays usually there's like a whole routine of other things we have to do um but it's more likely that we'll play board games. Um, especially if like it's like actually, you know, the winter holidays where there's like multiple holidays kind of back to back or in close succession. So that's more likely there's kind of extra time to actually play games. Um, so like Thanksgiving was last week. And it's the first time in probably years that I played a board game with both my father-in-law and mother and participating at the same time. And the only reason that happened is because we were there all day from like 10 a.m. So by the time it was 6 p.m., we had actually done everything. And there was still like an hour to actually play a game. So we actually played a board game. Um, so board gaming is more like the the family part of of holiday gaming for me. It's It's more rare to play any kind of video game, even something like Mario Kart. Um, that makes sense. I yeah. I just want to say I want to tell you a story real quick of board games okay. during the holidays. Oh, good. <laughs> I uh, one year for Christmas I asked for Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Oh yeah, the okay. famous uh, strategy board game with multiple scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I was really excited to play it with my family. And so I got it and I was like, all right, everybody, we got to play this game one of these nights while I'm here. And I realized at that moment that there was a reason why I've only really ever exclusively played party games with my family because they hated the fact that yeah we had to do anything besides like like they did not like (laughs) any of the strategy portion of it and just had a really bad time and my mom and sister both left before the game ended yeah and my dad won but at the same time everyone lost at the same time, he didn't seem that excited about his win. Uh, <laughs> or maybe it was one of those things that when he realized he won, he had more fun because he right. won in the end. But I don't know. My my uh, littlest brother likes strategy board games and mm-hmm. more more nerdy board games, I guess you could say. And so usually I'll play those kind of games exclusively with him. But when it's my whole family, there's got to be some sort of like party element or I don't know yeah. fast on your feet fun type of stuff right 
Yeah, I have a very similar experience with that exact same game. <laughs> uh, we were on a family vacation at Bear Lake, and everyone had said, like, and Paul, you bring games. Um, and yeah, it was that exact same game. I tried to get my older sister and older brother to play. And they were like all excited at the premise. Uh-huh. So they were like, yeah, this sounds really cool. But like explaining the rules and like getting them into it, they were just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so they did play along, actually. But I could tell that like it was like a struggle. It was like, I just wanted this to be simpler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to got to find that balance. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming because you have your own family. That you mm-hmm. don't spend as much time with the family that raised you or your your in-laws as much or it's not as much time as you did before you were married i guess yeah that's true that's for sure true yeah yeah and so that seems a little easier to to fit the gaming time into me um well based on your experience at least where you're playing less games when you're with uh, other family members versus your own family. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. So my question um, that I'm curious about, which I imagine you don't have as much experience with, is what was your your gaming experience like as a kid when you traveled? Because you didn't really play that much games as a kid. So did you have Uh, any experience with that? So my experience with traveling was like Tiger Electronics handhelds. Okay. That was (laughs) my first uh, gaming thing I ever owned was Tiger Aladdin. Yeah. So we would, we had Jurassic Park had one that was pretty good. There was a Power Rangers one I had that I put some some serious hours into. Um, but probably the one I put the most into was when we had a Tetris one. Mm. And I remember like road trips in the back of the car um, just hours on end, you know, because you're just driving forever just playing Tetris. Um so yeah, we didn't really have anything. So like when we were like at a destination, there wasn't really we weren't playing games. Uh we had, you know, some specific activity that we were doing. Um but yeah, like in the car gaming, it was I also had a Pac-Man one that was this really weird like it like had a fold up screen mm. that would pop up on a spring when you pressed a button. The DS and of Tiger Electronics. Yeah, except it didn't pop up all the way. It popped up a little bit. And then you were actually looking at a mirror that was reflecting the screen. Oh, weird. The pop up screen. I think it was to like make it bigger or something. I never understood it. It was uh, actually super annoying. Interesting. But like it, it worked fine and it was like a weird like multi-screen Pac-Man so like when you would go off the right you wouldn't wrap around you would actually like go into like another room. Mm. 
Um, and so I think it was like a nine room setup where like the full screen was basically the nine rooms and you would go like up or right or left into the other rooms. Huh. And so it was just like a three by three grid. So it was weird, but I remember putting hours into that as well. I don't think as much as the Tetris, but yeah, so that, um, and then I think part of the reason that I like love board games today is because my mom, when I was a kid at some point went on a kick of, she would buy some kind of board game. I think it was like every month or every other month or something. And we would like have a dedicated time where we would sit down as a family and try it at least once. Oh, wow. Um, and I loved that. Um, so that wasn't really like a holiday thing, but it was like reserved time. Um, where we as a family sit down and, and, and try a game together. It didn't last that long, but I remember it being, you know, a really fun thing for me. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that started with like a game someone got at Christmas and we all played it. And my mom was like, that was great. We're going to keep buying games as a way to spend time together as a family. Um, but like, I'd be surprised if that even lasted more than a year, but it was a really good time. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, for me, I feel like I had my first game de- gaming device I ever owned, aside from the tiger electronic version of aladdin was uh the game boy the original oh, okay. giant brick game boy yeah i it, my, i had a green one um i do not know where it is at this point i'm sure my mom threw it away once she realized i had a thousand other game boys but <laughs> I, I i skipped the game boy pocket which i eventually got uh my grandma bought a game boy pocket for when people came home and after she passed on we were cleaning out her stuff and i ended up with the the game boy pocket but then an inheritance yes (laughs) uh darkwing (laughs) duck was the game that she had oh nice (laughs) go grandma yeah and then I did get a Game Boy Color at one point, and then I did get a Game Boy Advance, which I eventually traded in for a Game Boy Advance SP, and I never got the Game Boy Micro, which was the last of the Game Boy line, but let me tell you, as someone who has been through a lot of the generations of the Game Boy what a device that was <laughs> it it kept me company on many car rides i probably went through thousands of batteries on that thing uh there's some like sadder experiences to normal people where my dad brought me to a baseball game and me and my friend just played on the game boy the whole time and i beat mm-hmm. super mario land 2 uh, and i was so excited that i beat it finally uh 
there was the time that I beat Metroid Fusion on the uh, the school bus home mm-hmm. in uh, it was either junior high or my freshman year, and then I I believe I paused it before I beat it and then beat the rest in the bathroom, which it's <laughs> a crazy how many games I've beaten in the bathroom on a Game Boy, but. What you gotta do. It is a, a great travel companion, uh, which I'm sure the Switch has become. And the the backlight was heaven sent on that uh, Game Boy Advance SP. When that became standardized on most portable consoles, that changed everything. Because yes, with the original Game Boy and the few after, like if you're on a a trip at night. You've only got until you got that sunlight. Yep. And it sucks. That was all the way through Game Boy Advance. Yeah. I think it was the SP was the first one that had a backlight. That is true. That I, was huge. The Sega Game Gear had it, which is oh, okay. a lot older, but that one went through batteries like nobody's business. Right. And so it was a lot less popular than the Game Boy, and it was more expensive. Um, yeah, I remember having this super weird attachment for my Game Boy Advance that like, like the was a light type deal. Yeah, 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 it was like a, <laughs> a, but it also like had like a magnifying glass that mm, yeah. was supposed to like make the screen look bigger and it lit it up. So there was like a light and a fold down magnifying glass. I don't think I ever used the stupid magnifying glass thing. I was like, I can see it just fine if if there's a light on it. Yeah. But yeah, that that light was was a lifesaver. Truly amazing. For those of you who uh, will never know this struggle, yeah, it's kids will never know. Yeah, Uh, but I did get the original DS, and that was kind of where I stopped with my portable gaming. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean airplanes anything as a kid going being in a hotel room like i always made sure i had my my game boy with my little pouch of of games because whenever there was downtime it was a good time to to play um but yeah that that was exclusively like my gaming stuff as a kid and usually I would go I would go to someone like like if I went to my cousin's house he had a console or a computer or something and we'd play there mm-hmm. and so that's but the other question I had for you Paul yes whether it was as a kid or now how often have you brought a whole console with you on a trip um like you've packed the ps4 or something and brought it on um so i i took the ps4 a couple times like just to my parents house so like not like a full trip but um because i wanted like i remember one year on my birthday when no man's sky had just come out i packed it all up 
took it to my parents' house. My whole family was there, like, for my birthday, I think. And we, like, set up a projector, and I was like, okay, everybody, we're going to explore the universe together. Because my dad's, (laughs) like, really into... Actually, my whole family is really into space travel in different ways. Like, my sister loves Star Trek. My brother loves Star Wars. My dad loves, like, the actual history of the real moon landing and, um, like, model rockets and stuff. So, like, everyone has a tie to space in my family. And this was, like, the pinnacle space game to show them. Like, the, you know, the dream of just exploring all new planets. So... That was like a big thing that I, that I just made happen because I wanted to make it happen. Um, but like an actual like trip, I've only ever taken Nintendo consoles, I think. So like sometimes we go down to St. George with my wife's family between Christmas and New Year's. And I took like the Wii U one time and like the Switch one time. Like, not just the Switch, but, like, the whole dock and everything. Yeah. So we can put it on the TV. Uh, But, yeah, that's pretty rare. Um, I've only done it a couple times. Yeah, same. I, I can't even think of a time that I've brought a whole console. But I know, yeah. at least to my friends' houses, I've packed up a backpack full of controllers and... Yeah, a 64 or a GameCube or something. But yeah, I I was playing games on my laptop when I started getting back into gaming um, during college. And then eventually I bought a 3DS, which was uh, then I started playing a bit more and then the Switch change the game for me where now I've always got something to play on, on my switch. So yeah, the switch such a game changer. Yeah. Cause yeah, I do take, I guess I did. I actually don't anymore, but before the switch became my children's console, I would take the switch everywhere. Yeah. Do you, uh, I guess, I will count laptops as well where laptops you can plug into TV. And so that kind of yeah, changes things up too. But as far as portability, uh, I prefer the feel of the switch. For sure. What a great pause. What a great pause. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, I take my laptop everywhere, but it's actually pretty rare when I'm like on a trip with family that I use my laptop as like a way to play games as a family. Like the only, like, I guess sometimes I like, there's been a couple work trips where we've ended up playing like Quiplash using my computer, but I don't think I've ever like done that with family on a family trip. Um. All right. I have one more question for you. Okay. Tell me about your plane ritual. If you're going on a flight, <clears throat> what are you? What are you doing on that flight? Are you playing games or are you not? Um. 
So I am not usually. That's right. You we talked about the like five movies you watched on your last plane yeah. trip in one of these episodes. Yeah. Like so even before, like I can't take the switch out of my house anymore. That's just yeah. that would be too cruel to my children. Um but even before that, yeah, I tried playing switch on the plane one time and it was just i don't know i couldn't make it work i felt like i felt like i didn't have enough room i don't know i felt like i was like intruding or like i you know my elbows are pinned in i don't know what it was it was just uncomfortable and weird and even more so one time i tried to play a game on my laptop and that's just that's not happening and most mobile games nowadays, you have to actually have an internet connection mm. for whatever dumb reason. Um, but you can't really do those on a plane. But yeah, on a plane, I'm either reading or just Ooh. watching the movie, watching the movies on the plane. And honestly, it's usually watching the movies because often the reading doesn't really work either. It's good. Reading's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't read kids um yeah i don't know what it is i just can't can't make it work on playing um maybe someday there will be two switches in my house and i will be able to try again or a steam deck mm. maybe a steam deck would work on a plane i have a feeling it'll be similar to the switch yeah <laughs> <laughs> But like, uh, there's different kinds of games that you can play at a Steam Deck. I that's guess, true. Anyway, that's true. So, when I'm on the plane by myself, I like if I'm going to the airport by myself. I've been trying to. I feel embarrassed the whole time I'm playing, but I am <laughs> playing my Switch. Like, it's it's just it's kind of weird to me because when the 3ds was a thing i would see a couple play people playing their 3ds in the airport uh-huh maybe one person on the plane but maybe not but when i got home and saw the 100 street pass notifications i got i was <laughs> like all right there's people out here playing their their 3ds and Street Pass, such a good feature. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the last time I went to the airport, which was last week for Thanksgiving, uh huh. Not a single person playing a Switch. I really. I was shocked. Not on yeah, the plane. That is to me too. Not on the entire airport. In I I was in. LAX airport as well. A giant airport. Didn't see anyone playing a Switch. Not even a kid. It's just like... I was the only person brave enough, I guess, to have the, the Switch out. And it is awkward sometimes when you're on the plane and you're in the middle and you've got like both of your arms pressed against the uh, armrests like trying to like play the game but it is really a, like a nice dedicated game time for me where now that the switch has bluetooth audio 
I pop my headphones on and it's just uninterrupted game time. Pokemon was great on the plane. And okay. it is like embarrassing that I'm a grown man and people are watching me play Pokemon. But, yeah, but I, I'm trying to own I have, it. I have totally seen uh, grown men with their switches at the airport multiple times. Yeah, I feel like I'm seeing it less and less, but maybe it just wasn't the right right time. Yeah, maybe people are just too stressed. I don't know. It was a very busy travel day, I'm assuming. I don't know. Maybe. Um but yeah, on the f- I so I flew alone on the way and then when I flew back, I was with Charlotte and so we watched a movie together instead of me playing my switch but i i do feel like a lot of the times gaming is a big part of my travel experience because there's a you're limited to a few activities when you're in the air and so that is something that i like is like well i guess i can either watch a movie or play my switch or read like a loser Only if you're truly desperate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to engage on a plane with anything. It's just something about it. It's just like, I just, I can't really sleep. But I want my brain to be basically off. <laughs> yeah. I, so I the, will... the movies serve that purpose. <laughs> I did get a job offer one time because I was playing my Switch on a plane. Wow, like a legitimate job offer? Sort of. I'll I'll tell you the story. <laughs> this Okay. So this I was playing Octopath Traveler. And okay. this was before the Switch had Bluetooth support obviously, so I didn't have any headphones on. Uh-huh. And this guy next to me is like is that Final Fantasy? And I was like, oh no, it's it's kind of like it though, but it's called Octopath Traveler. And he's like, oh yeah, I don't really play that like many games, but like, like Final Fantasy is one I've heard of. And like, he we uh-huh. started talking a little more, and for some reason I started telling him about VR, which was something I had just gotten at this at the time. So this was probably like four years ago. Uh-huh. Um. Or maybe, maybe three doesn't matter. And so we started talking, and then like he started asking me. This was a real business type, mind you. Yeah. Um, so he was like, he was vaguely interested in my interests and more interested in my skill set. I feel as the typical business person is. Yes. How uh, can I extract you for profit? Yeah. And so we started talking about my job and like doing stuff uh, on Amazon. He he did like Kickstarter um, promotions or like Kickstarter uh, like, marketing. Yeah. So yeah. like people paid his company to do like help like their Kickstarter. The videos and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, oh, like it sounds like you've got this like specific skill set that is vaguely related, but maybe we could like have you on and he gave me his phone number and he's like, yeah, call me and like, we'll, we'll set up an interview or something. 
And for some reason, I never called him. (laughs) So it's not really a great end to the story because I was just like, there were a few times I was like, I should call this guy. And then I didn't. And now I'm like, well, it's too late now. Um, How long has it been? It's been like three or four years. I still have his phone number now. That would be so amazing if you just called him now. You're like, hey, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. It all started with him wondering what I was playing on the Switch. That is great. Was this a flight to Utah? Yes, it was. Because I get a lot of YouTube ads for Kickstarter projects, and the videos are like very clearly made in Utah. Mm, yeah. They have like the Studio C people in them and stuff. Got it. So yeah, I wonder if that guy made some of these ads I'm seeing all the time. <laughs> it could be. Could be. I still remember his name, which I won't divulge, but <laughs> if you're out there. That's funny. Know that we're talking about you right now. Yeah, contact uh, chance time podcast at gmail.com and let yeah. me know if you still want to hire me. Uh, offer us all jobs. <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. I've never, like, I don't think I've ever, like, had a conversation because I was sitting there playing my Switch or, like, any game. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a a rare occurrence. But yeah, I will say, if someone was playing a Switch next to me, I would talk to them. Yeah, I would, too. Well, unless, I guess if they're, like, deep in it with headphones on, I wouldn't, like, interrupt them, but... I... I would probably have a, a brief conversation with them before right. they right. put the headphones on. I'd be like, oh, playing the Switch. What are you playing? Oh, you kind of suck at that game. <laughs> Want a battle? I'm actually number one. You want me to tell you how to actually play this game? Or <laughs> you just want to keep losing? <laughs> You know, like like a nice like a nice good person would. <laughs> if you actually keep playing like that, we might crash. <laughs> now I'm just hoping we crash. <laughs> so I don't have to watch this anymore. It's like some ten year old kid and you're just totally ripping it to him <laughs> on this flight. <laughs> that's that's the dream. That's what everyone wants. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you have any more travel questions? I feel like I kind of derailed the. Uh... Yeah, no. Um, no, I think that's pretty much what I wanted to cover. Just like what's your typical routine and how does that change during the holidays? Um, Do you feel like you're. Do you feel like when you have a day off or you're traveling, your gaming experience is better or worse? That's a good question. Um, I feel like the night before a day off is like my favorite game time. Where it's like, I know I can stay up late mm. and that, I don't know, it, it won't be like an issue in the morning because I can 
you know, get started a little slower. I won't actually be waking up later because my kids will wake me up, but I don't have to like get up and go to work and stuff. Um, yeah, that's usually my favorite game time is the night before the day off. I don't know. It's just like, feels like there's all this free time ahead of me and I'm starting it off the right way. That's like when it's the best. Yeah. I I feel like it's pretty good. But they're really I feel I guess we didn't really talk about this. I kind of feel like there are specific games I can play on a day off. Like if it's a, if I have mm. a, a day off at home, that's when I could be like, all right, maybe I'll pop on uh this giant open world game because right. now I finally have like a long period of time to play this. Um, which I generally do with like larger games or like maybe more story based games. Cause I, I feel like if I'm watching something with a story or playing something with a story, I want to get like, I want to get like, if I'm playing, let's say, Uncharted, I don't want to just see one cutscene when I'm playing. I want to get like yeah. a chunk of the story in. Um, whereas if I'm playing something on my Switch, like I'd rather have something that I can enjoy in short bursts. Right. So when I'm traveling, like I think I prefer kind of an in between like something like Pokemon where it's not an intense RPG, but it's, it's still a longer game that like, I am going to have like on the plane, I'll have like a set amount of time and then I'll have like sets amounts of time during wherever I am to right. play my switch. And then I can like, get like bigger chunks than I would say as I have during lunch. Yeah, that's true. There's definitely different games for the different um, times available or like situations. Yeah, I definitely get into that mindset as well. Which I guess is part of why I love the night before the day off because that's usually a big chunk of time when i'm playing like my favorite kinds of games that take big chunks of time to play <laughs> yeah yeah that makes sense wow but well, I, for me i i would say it's it's pretty good i don't know if i would say it's better all the time but like right my vacation gaming slash travel gaming like there are some times that I prefer to to be playing something while I'm on vacation. Right. Or while I'm traveling. Mm. All right. I'm done talking now. Well, if you, <laughs> dear listener, have any thoughts about holiday gaming, time off gaming, gaming routines, 
anything you want to respond if you think I don't know. I don't know what you might want to say, but if you want to say it, email chancedownpodcast at gmail.com. We miss you, Curtis. Hopefully, we'll get Curtis back soon. Do you, do, should we do a thing where... Yes, we do miss you, Curtis, by the way. And... Yeah, he... He's currently having a basement done in his new house. I don't know if he wants people to know that, but I'm going to say it anyways. Because he's not here to address is. <laughs> um, so he said it will be a little bit more sporadic, but when uh, that basement is done, he said he'll be able to consistently be back on the uh, right the pod. But yeah, hope he's back. But uh, do you want to? Should we? Should we start teasing the next episode? Oh, yeah. Now that we have the schedule. Wow. Let's do it. All right. Well, next week's episode is going to be best uh, winter slash holiday levels. Not holiday. Christmas levels, specifically. Winter holiday levels. Yeah. Winter slash winter holiday levels. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever we call it. But... uh, so yeah, if you uh, to our uh, five to twelve listeners out there, you want to uh, shout out some uh, some good Christmas or winter or snow or uh, holiday levels or anything like that. Email us at chancetimepodcast at gmail dot com. Let us know, or if you know us personally, just text us. I'm sure we'll we'll include it on there. I Get think it on to the show. I I'm planning on doing top ten. So okay, if we if you Curtis and I do three each, uh-huh. if one person lets us know one of their favorite winter levels, that will be the tenth. They can be ten, but if if there's multiple, then Curtis Paul and I will choose. Right. Which of the ones you guys have uh, sent in? So now's your chance, people. Send it in. All right. I think that wraps it up. Perfect. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, thanks for coming to see James. Uh, since oh, Curtis, since Curtis hasn't been here, I can't remember if I've said that at the end of every episode. But <laughs> okay, it's important. Yeah, Curtis. I miss you, Curtis. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye.